and welcome to the gosh chat i think we're on episode six yes of redefining the geek this is the podcast where two middle-aged bald men try to dive into our personal geekdoms find find things that you might find interesting that we certainly find interesting and we expand the space that is called being a geek by describing things that aren't necessarily always traditionally described as such so Chad, we've had uh, well, we've had a bit of, of a hiatus since we last talked. Yes, hiatus. A lot, a lot of things have happened. So uh, let's crack a beer. I'm going to let you do the honors of describing what you brought here for us to drink today while we crack them. All right, I brought uh, Tragedy of the Common. It's a California common ale brewed right here in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, by Iowa Brewing Company. An amber lager, uh, silver medal winner at the. Great American Beer Fest in 2018. California Common style beers were popular before refrigeration and rural electrification of the United States in the 1940s. It was a style of beer that was brewed that was meant to withstand not being refrigerated. And after, of course, refrigeration became popular and easily accessible, this style of beer fell out of favor and, and quickly disappeared until sometime in the 80s or early 90s where a company called Anchor Steam Brewing. The original microbrew. Yep. Reinvigorated the process and patented it. And uh, the California Common Ale was reborn. And uh, Iowa Brewing is faithful in that style and uh it's a it's just a it's a, just a nice middle abv um, has a lot going for it it has it's it's drinkable it, it it can it can go in a lot of situations not just uh sessionable but lots of flavor compare with food you can do a lot with it it's a really fun fun beer made right here in town yeah you so. said it was a nice middle of the road so this says 4.9 percent yeah. ABV. So, uh, again, this is something that you can drink more than one of if you'd like. Uh, certainly is delicious. You know, you, you indicated it's an amber lager, and you do have a nice amber color with it. It's pretty unique, and at least to, to my palate. You get uh, a lot going on when you take a sip of it. It's not, you know, it's not overbearing in terms of hops, so people who don't like super hoppy beers are not going to be uh, disappointed with a beer like this. But it does have what I would say are not... Um, your everyday flavors going on. Yeah, um, you know, a, it's not it's not a nut brown amber ale, not right? Crazy malty, not <clears throat> right. not not overboard in any yep. any one direction. You, you so. certainly detect some of the the hoppy bitterness, but it's very very subtle. Yeah, um, you get some malty tones, but it's not again, it's not overpowering. You get kind of an earthy floral in it as well. And I love talking like this. I feel like a complete beer <laughs> snob when I do. But yeah, I think it's really really tasty, and um, certainly this is one that I will come back to. I think in the future awesome uh it's funny you mentioned earthy uh proceeds from the sale of this beer go to protecting and restoring iowa's land water and wildlife through the iowa national heritage foundation oh. see how you can help visit i n h f dot org so i can tragedy uh, of the common i can drink this beer and tell my wife i'm saving the environment at the Absolutely. same time that's Absolutely. my favorite <laughs> That's great. So, you know, as as I indicated, lots have happened since we last talked. And we should we should at least touch on some of these things because they're pretty interesting. So Absolutely. Uh, we have not talked since uh, the election night or chaos in America is what I like to call it. Right. Uh, where we now see 
uh, where I'm going to go out as a conservative. So I'm a conservative. Same. Uh, but I am going to go out and say we have President-elect Biden. Yeah. I, I think it's kind of silly yeah. uh, that we have all of this nonsense going on in, in America. I didn't, uh, you know, I'm a conservative. I didn't vote for Trump. I'm, I'm not a big Trump supporter. But, Same. you know, what what I see in terms of of America right now is pretty disheartening when you are used to, you know, I'm 47 years old. Um, I've been voting in elections, you know, since 1992. Same. You know, and I've always seen a peaceful transference of power. I am not used to being, uh, what are we, a a week since election? Yeah. Uh, and we still don't have a conceded speech. Uh, I think that when you look at electoral counts and when you look at popular vote and you look at the margin in these states that, you know, Trump is still, you know, suggesting that he fights for on the legal front. I think it's a little silly. It is. I, I think I saw a statistic that said that the largest ever uncovered amount of voter fraud basically was 2,600 votes, which when you consider the margin of defeat for Trump, that wouldn't affect anything. And it's just time to get on with it. Yeah. Biden isn't my guy either. Trump wasn't my guy either. But it's just the way it is, and it's time to... It's just time to move on. Yep, it is. And it's time It's time to try to unite, you know, sort of this fractured country that we have. And, and instead we see, you know, Proud Boys marching in cities and, and you know, producing violence in their wake. And it, it's just, it's really, really sad. And, and we need to remember as a country, in my opinion, that we are all Americans. And, you know, we need to get back to the business of being a United, United States and one that... Uh, you know, kind of tackles common problems, even when we can't agree on some of the peripheral things. You know, COVID should be a common problem. We should be tackling it as a as a country, not as a political act. And it, you know, these kinds of things just they they really rip to my soul. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, Proud Boys, Antifa, whatever. It's just, it just seems like that the fringe of the left and the fringe of the right has co-opted the entire political process, and those of us who are the 80 percent in between, you know, we have no recourse. It's like you either have to be. Yeah, it's but, time for a third party in it. Yeah, it is. I vote a third party. I'm not. I'm not ashamed to say it. I had to listen to all of my friends on both aisles say you're wasting your vote blah 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 i i voted my conscience i've been back and forth between republican democrat and third party independent my entire life i'm not one that's just gonna resign myself to one fringe of the political spectrum but at this point they're not offering too much they're not offering too much i'm just ready to get on with it and whether or not I like the result is not even worth mentioning. It's, it's just like that's the result. Yep. There's nothing that's going to be. It's time to march on for four more years. Exactly. Just. Yeah. Yep. And what's what's scary is is you know it feels like and you know this might be hysteria but it, it feels like the United States is closer to sort of a civil war stance than it's ever been in my lifetime. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. I understand in the 60s, you know, there was some yep. si- similar um, feel and certainly during the Civil War, but or the the um, Vietnam War, Civil War, too, for that matter. But, <laughs> uh, you know, that and that's scary. And, you know, we are stronger as a country united than we are apart. 
and certainly when you look at what this century is going to bring in terms of challenges you know they're largely going to be economic in nature and and what i would call things like covid you know unexpected changes driven by things like climate change and and uh you know maybe poor choices for for research by china (laughs) (laughs) so you know we we need to be a unified country and we need to be tackling you know the big problems that are on the horizon it's just it's just unfortunate to me to see it so hey that was a downer let's talk nfl a little bit (laughs) (laughs) i got a mixed bag on that uh my saints are Pretty much at the top of the heap in the NFC, but uh, at what cost? Drew Brees' rib cage apparently fractured. and Two uh, ribs. Yeah, going to have to go with uh, Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill going forward at least for a while. We're going to go through a murderer's row of NFC teams. Falcons, Broncos, Falcons, Vikings, Panthers, I think is the, oh. is, is the string. Yeah. So. And uh, the certainly the the Panthers are better than their record reflects. They are. Uh, they lost Teddy Bridgewater. Also, I think he had some kind of uh, he got his ankle. Oh, I didn't see up. that. Yep, yep. That's too bad. I I root for Teddy Bridgewater, and you you probably do too. I did. I did. I did. Former I was, Saint. I think that's a bad mistake of them letting him go, especially to a division rival. But hey, it's it's all about money and moving chess pieces around. So. Yeah, and I think they announced officially that Jameis Winston is the starter. Oof. Which surprises me a little bit. I mean, it seems like for the last two or three years, the Saints have been saying that Taysom Hill is their guy. He's their number two. He will be the next quarterback of the future, so to speak. And, yeah, yeah. And then they bring in uh, Jameis Winston, and they the first chance they get, he's the guy. Even though, hey, let's talk about him for a minute. He is a specimen physically. Yeah gifted as yep. all get out athletically yep. and capability he can throw the football i mean he's he has the skill set you know i'm 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 envious of his yeah. athletic prowess right but man he doesn't have the decision making capabilities well i think you know they everybody looks back and likes to talk about the uh 30 touchdowns 30 interception season he had last year with Tampa Bay um what a lot of people don't know is that uh he underwent lasik surgery and got some vision correction so i mean maybe it's anecdotal but so we so what so what that really tells me <laughs> hey, is he was just thrown to the wrong guy because he couldn't see he him he couldn't see him <laughs> and that's a, that's a problem that he evidently knew and just let fester i mean yeah. he could have been out there in the in yeah, the blankenship I mean, glasses yeah i mean as a but but you know as a player and you know collecting a check and just get by it's also that falls on the scouting department and maybe the agents Coaches a little bit you know there's all a lot, of them a lot going on i think for him to come to the saints i i'll take him it's a lot better than if you look at Jameis winston as a backup is better than 12 quarterbacks starting in the nfl right now i guarantee you that yeah. right now i guarantee you yeah that's so, that's an interesting perspective I, I don't know if i could name 12 but i can certainly name five that i, I couldn't name 12 but yeah, yeah. if you lined them up statistically yeah. i mean he went out six for six 60 yards to start out that's that's pretty solid he didn't get i was hoping he would get a tutty just to pad them stats and look look even better but it is what it is and as far as them naming him the starter he might be the guy that takes the first snap as the starter 
but I gotta believe there's gonna be a healthy dose of Taysom. Yeah, they'll keep the Taysom packages in. Oh, He's yeah. a beast. Absolutely. So I He's like watching him play. Like one of the fastest guys on the team at 245 pounds. You yeah. seen some of the some of the hits he delivered. Speaking of speed, did you see that like untouched run by Daniel Jones of the yeah. <laughs> Giant? I mean, I, I I guess I had never thought of him as a speed demon, but that was impressive. I mean, yeah. he just he just eviscerated that defense. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with the Eagles. I mean, they had. Uh, they had a bye week. They had like five starters coming back from from the reserve list. That's right. I I just don't know. I, I that's a that's a franchise that's in complete disarray. That yeah, in just what it's a three shit, years off of a Super Bowl. Yeah, it's a I mean, shit show from the top down. When you you know, it's not just the X's and O's on the field. It's the quarterback plays poor. Yeah, yeah. It's it's everything. It's yep. the defense you know, it's, is not it's, playing up it, to well, power. Well, it's beyond that. It's like the scouting and like the talent evaluating people and the general manager and who makes the moves and who decides who's making the team and who plays. It just they yeah, it's a mess. Well, that Daniel Jones RPO, that run pass option play, that. That killed the Eagles like three weeks ago, yeah. and, and to watch them not be prepared again for it—that right. uh, to me is—it just speaks of some poor coaching that is happening. And Carson Wentz is not the same Carson Wentz of like sure. sort of last year, especially sure. in the playoff run yeah. last year. So uh, yeah, it, they've got to figure something out. But hey, uh, both of those teams are in my division along yeah. with the Cowboys, right? Yeah, that uh, AFC East is a shit show. We, it's, we, it's, we just like who who wants it because it, it, nobody seems to be grabbing it. It's funny that uh, Eagles are at three, five, and one. Everybody else is at two and seven. Everybody else in the division's one game out of first place. Right. Or, it's, well, one and a half games with the tie, but still. Yeah, it's I absolutely mean, ridiculous. It, we're coming down to the the meat and potatoes of the NFL season where the scheduling kind of, you know. Yeah, you tells see a, story. A lot yeah. of, lot of uh, division back and forth games. So, I mean, they want to make it exciting in the stretch. Uh, well, one of our wins, I'm a, I'm a Washington football team fan, right? former Redskins. Uh, one of our wins is against the Eagles, which yeah. tells you how bad the Eagles are hey. because we are absolutely horrendous. That is tiebreaker potential there. Yep, yep. But we've a, lost to the Cowboys and the Giants. You're going to have a 6-8 and eight team making, making the playoffs for yeah. that division. Possibly. It's crazy. That is crazy to me. Yeah, it's just, it's just, it's a fun season to watch. It truly is. And, and I've, you know, I have red zone and I enjoy Sundays, yeah, yeah. you know, watching it all un, unfurl. I enjoy watching sort of the back and forth seesaw of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers underneath Tom Brady. Tristan Wirf, so they're propping him up as like this great dude, but he's getting he's getting tossed and raw dogged left and right. I mean he's got he's got some developing to do. I was watching some some highlights of the Saints uh Buccaneers game where the Saints absolutely shellacked the Buccaneers and one of the plays was down in the red zone, Tampa Bay has the ball. Gronkowski is lined up on the wrong side. And with no crowd noise and no stadium noise, you can hear you can hear the on the field calls like a lot clearer. And we're we're kind of like watching through these plays. They're kind of diced up so you don't have to watch all the countdown of the play clock or whatever. And this one play, Brady's like, Gronk! other side now 
and Gronk kind of like stands up and just like runs over because he realized he's on the long, wrong side of the formation. It was just hilarious. So we, we just keep replaying it and replaying it now to my wife. I'm like, babe, other side now. And it's just kind of like become a funny little joke between us. But yeah. Well, Gronkowski, uh, for all his, again, physical capabilities, he's not known as a thinker. Right. So. Have you ever seen the video of him shooting the minigun? No. Classic on YouTube. <laughs> he's got one of those seven-barrel rotary cannons at some firing range in Florida, and he's just like, oh, 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 and he's just blasting off like thousands of rounds. It's it's worth a while. It's, it's a good 15 seconds worth of. Yeah. of watching yeah so uh one more note on the nfl just because i thought it was amazing did you see the end of the arizona buffalo game wow yeah uh, there's a still shot on nfl.com of the receiver and like three buffalo defenders yep and there's like seven hands on this football up in the air everybody's off their feet i mean if that's not exciting to you yeah. and you don't you don't see i mean in my career, maybe four of those have been completed that I can think right, of. Right. Um, so you don't see it very often. Yeah. It's a very exciting play. But to see what Kyler went through, Kyler Murray went through just to get that ball off. Yeah. And then he looks like he's five foot six. I yeah. don't know how tall he is. He's not a very in, in comparison to the rest sure. of the pieces on the on the on the mat, he's not very big. Yeah. Uh, he scrambles around, almost gets tackled, running to the sideline, contorts his body and throws a fifty yard dart. Yep. And DeAndre Hopkins, who if if people don't have him as the best receiver by now in the in the league, they should. He yeah. is incredible. Yeah. His hands must be vices. Yeah. Because he high points that ball in contention. Everyone's, like it, everyone's everybody, hands are on it. People are on his are crossing his arms. You know, and you know he's got pressure against his catching hand, and he still brings that thing down. That is incredible to me. Yeah. And I, I'm actually. I kind of like both Buffalo and Arizona. Like they're not Buffalo's my AFC low key team. Yeah, we spent our entire life watching NFL, and you know Buffalo had a run in the '90s where they uh, never won it. So I've always been like, oh, they deserve one, right? right? I mean, it would be nice. They're a great, great football town. Yeah, great town all around. Like I've spent some time in Buffalo. Great people, super friendly. It's a surprisingly good foodie town. If yeah. you ever get there, yeah. So good people there. Arizona, of course, our hometown boy, Kurt Warner, played in Arizona, took right. him to the Super Bowl. They didn't win it either, so I've never seen them win a Super Bowl. i just like to see both of those teams get one at some point, so yeah, I, I have a hard fun. time rooting against either one of those teams. But Arizona's one of those kind of kicked-around teams. They were in St. Louis for a while when I was a kid. Yep. Just yep. like nobody seemed to want them. Yeah, where'd they go? They went... Did they go Arizona? Did they... They go St. Louis to Arizona, or did they go? Yeah, okay. It was it was they were the Phoenix Cardinals for a while. That's right, it was, and then yeah. they became the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Poor St. Louis. I mean, they had the Rams. They had the greatest show on turf. Yeah, and that franchise leaves just kind of like a. a it's a hockey town. It's just a more baseball and town. hockey team. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's tough. Yeah, you know? I went to a game uh, a couple games. Uh, yeah. Uh, when the Rams were there, that yeah. is a fun place to see them. But the Edward Jones Dome. Yep. Went to a few games there myself. I went down there and saw them play the then Redskins. We had a huge first first half lead and then lost it. And then I took my son, uh, and we sat like five rows in front of one of the big bars. Uh -huh. And these drunk guys are just heckling us. And I felt actually felt like. 
we were under threat, so I put my coat around my son yeah. as we walked out of the dome. Because <laughs> I was like, these guys are after him. So he's wearing all his Redskins gear. You know, I didn't I didn't own any, so I wasn't wearing anything. So, yeah, it was too bad, but it was fun. Yeah, that, that's funny. I, uh, I went down to, uh, I can't remember what year it was, maybe 2007, 2008. Uh, the Saints had beat the Colts like 62-7. to 7. Wow. Like absolutely demolished them. The very next game, the 8-0 Saints were playing the 0-8 Rams in St. Louis. And I'm like, that's like a four-hour drive. I look on StubHub, tickets are like 10 bucks. I'm like, ah, we're going. So we drive down there. We get there. We tailgate for a little bit. All the Rams fans are like, oh, just take it take it easy on us. Try not to 62-point us. Try not to kill us too bad. We go to the game, and the Saints just come out flatted. Drew Brees gets sacked like eight times. They lose. Ugly game, like 23-17 to 17 or something. I don't remember the score. But the walk out of that stadium was brutal yeah the 3,000 fans that showed up and actually stayed were like you suck get out of town get out of here while you still can and we're like what what happened to don't don't hurt us too bad and i swear to god we are trying to get out of here like get the hell out of town because we're like let's get out of here we drive straight into the freaking St. Louis Cardinals World Series Parade and get blocked in on a blocked off street and have to stay in that hole for like three hours and watch this parade go by because there's no way to turn around. And I'm like, what are we going to do? And we just sat there and took it because that's the way it goes. That's, that's the way awesome. It goes. Yeah. Good yeah. times. Good times. Yeah. So the NFL is going to be a crazy year. And we should, we're talking about football. We should at least mention the Hawkeyes are having a crazy year too. Yeah. yeah, we we lose to bottom feeders. Bottom feeder, and I hate hate Northwestern. So to me, part of the success of any Iowa season is if we beat Northwestern and they beat us, kind of at you know not not in convincing fashion. We should have beat them. For me, the Hawkeyes, you cannot lose to Northwestern. Right, you just absolutely cannot. You cannot. I hate you can't it. Can't lose hate... to Northwestern. You can't lose to Iowa State. In you can't lose Minnesota. to UNIA. <laughs> you can't lose to these cream puff teams you, you just got to kill them and that's that's tough but you know it's a different year there's a lot going well, they, on but we lose too but we come back and we destroy michigan state and we destroy minnesota i, I don't so you, i don't know what kind of team we have now i will say this uh petrus i think this is his last how you say his name uh young quarterback for iowa still learning so a lot of the a lot of the up and down is probably yeah, due yeah. to his growing pains. growing pains and he has potential like no other so I'm willing to give him that that opportunity, and our and our run game is just solid as can be, and yeah. Goodson seems to have really sort of found his pace, right? So let's let's go Hawks, let's let's finish out strong is kind of kind of what I'm hoping for out of all that. So sp- speaking of Hawkeyes, I got two kids down at the University of Iowa. Yeah, uh, one happens to be your son's girlfriend. Yes, the other, uh, my son, he turns 21 on Saturday. Oh, so time, yeah, buddy. yeah, so. You know, this, this show is going to be a little bit different because I think we're going to try to fit two topics in, although we've gone long already, so we may decide to split this second topic off. That's okay. But let's take a minute to take a quick break, and then we'll get back and, and talk a little bit about what that 21st birthday is going to look like. Yeah, my son turns 21 on Saturday. Lots of weird things happen in the world, COVID-wise. Our 
Governor Kim Reynolds just announced some additional lockdowns uh, for you know the the rising spike in COVID right now. COVID Kim, the yep. Kim Reaper. Yeah, yeah, the Kim Reaper. Uh, so, you know, he doesn't get to go out and right. experience the kind of 21 party that I had, certainly yeah. when I turned 21. The airliner. Yeah, I went to... Belly button uh, shots. I went to Mondo's Tomato Pie is oh, where I started, goodness. which was back then on the Ped Mall. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my, I went with a bunch of my friends. My two roommates were with me. And uh, he he paid, my roommate at the time paid the waitress to bring me shots and basically feed them to me uh-huh. i don't really remember leaving mondo's i do have a faint memory of being at the field house for a little while and my buddy Derek. yeah uh he had his forearm against my chest and he was holding me up against a wall while he was talking to a girl <laughs> <laughs> so i remember that a little bit you know i don't have much and my son thankfully doesn't get to have that experience but also i feel a little bad that he doesn't get to have that experience so you know I, I kind of taken it upon myself to try to give him something that's going to be memorable for his 21st birthday. And I think it's something that's near and dear to both you and I. And that's, hey, yeah. instead of, you know, going going down and giving him a 24-pack of swill to right. drink and get miserable on, I'm going to go down and, and try to put on a, a beer tasting class, try to give him some history of the beer, try to grow some appreciation. Absolutely. Some of the, you know, I guess plant the seed of geekdom for the beer, yeah. for the beer world that I have yeah. in, in him. And, and I think your words were teach him the quality over quantity concept. Absolutely. I, uh, for me personally, my 21st birthday, totally anticlimactic. There was no quality over quantity. It was quantity. Bottom <laughs> line. I mean, Meister Brow, Miller High Life, Bush Light, back in the old days of the uh, 24 bar bottle flip top boxes. Oh, I love those. I mean, I, and, and for me, like, sneaking beers and buying beers i could grow this beard that i have now when i was like 17 years old so i walk into dobson's meat market on mount vernon road and just buy whatever for everybody so it was kind of like oh i'm 21 now i can buy beer well i've been able to buy beer for like five years so it wasn't really a special thing for me but also at the same time there was no real it was just it was swill that's all there was so it wasn't mm-hmm. like a there was no special event but i think it's totally cool now with the advent of craft and micro explosion especially in iowa there's probably 120 breweries you could pick one from each give him one two for each year of his life for yeah. the next 10 years and- so that i mean that's sort of the concept right is First, I want to make this sort of a milestone, and you know that it is yeah. right. So I want to make absolutely. Uh, I want to be involved as a parent, and some level. So yeah. um, I also want to be able to leave early enough that he can, you know, still have his sure. time with his friends. And I want to sort of lay upon Qu- Quinn, who's my son, lay upon him what I see as the responsible way to drink um, as an adult, but also show him as a parent that I'm responsible because someday he may do the same thing for his kid. Right. Absolutely. So, you know, all these things come together and what I came up with is, is, Hey, why don't I, you know, I know a lot about beer drinking. You've taught me a lot about beer drinking. So I wanted your help. That's why we're doing it here on the podcast, but why not come up with a, a series of beers that sort of show some of the depth and width of the beer, uh, microbrew scene. Absolutely. Give them some lessons and how to, you know, look at it, smell it, taste it, and and grow appreciation for the differences because man 
you know, they talk about wines being different. I can drink 17 reds and they'll all be within a degree of each other. Right. Beers have way more variety in them and um, it, way more interest in terms of, of character and taste and flavor and, and brew technique and all that. So that that's what I want to do. So really the question, Chad, that I have is what do we serve? You know, if I said, let's, let's look at Iowa, if not Iowa, things that are close to Iowa. Sure. Let's give a six to eight beer tour uh, that gives some, again, width and depth and interest, right? Yeah. And, you know, I ordered a bunch of beer glasses. I plan on giving a small demonstration to six to eight kids to be responsible in COVID times. Uh, so I want, you know, I want them to have that full experience. You know, g- give me your thoughts. What what would you, if you, if you had this, you know, if I hired Chad to, to do a beer tasting class, I said, bring me the Iowa's best kind of knowing those guidelines. What would, what would you start off with? Well, uh, I like this one right here that we've been tasting already. Tragedy of the common. Um, it's got hardware, silver medal at the great American beer fest. I think you have to look to toppling Goliath. Definitely. Um, Decorah Brewery. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, where you want to go there, they offer so much in the range of IPAs. Um, I think you... Pseudo Sue. Yep. I like King Sue, the double. Um, They do have a lot of other um, styles of IPAs, which really, you know, when it comes to IPAs, it's all about the hot bill and what they what they put in it to get the certain flavors they have one called fire skulls and money um they have one called pompeii they have one called intergalactic traveler i think you could really i mean you could just explicitly go with the ipa range right from that brewery well Um, they also have a great lager uh, i think it's a lager dorothy dorothy old world world pre-prohibition lager yeah yeah Yeah, for sure dorothy is a great lager in my opinion yep it is um nice easy drinking Nothing like that's gonna be too far on either end of the spectrum. I also like a company out of West Des Moines called Barn Town. They have a bunch of fun stuff. My favorite easy drinker from them is called Neon Barn Town Neon. It's a hazy IPA. They do all kinds of crazy stuff seasonally. They have like a blueberry muffin beer. They mm. have a. They make an ecto cooler beer. It's a sour. And they use the okay. high C juice boxes of Ghostbuster Ecto Cooler to brew this beer. It's like bright green, kind of a novelty <laughs> item. So in my mind, I would kind of walk through the taste profile as well. So I would probably start very light. Sure. So something like a Pilsner or maybe a Hellas. Uh-huh. Gold Coin from that's Back Pocket. A, that's where I thought, yep. Yep, that's a good one. Um, that's a Hellas, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, Pilsner, I don't really have a an exact specific name, but I think that uh, Amana Millstream oh, I bet is a you're Pilsner. Right. Yep. And I definitely would include an Amana Millstream beer in any discussion where you talk about Iowa Craft and Microbrewery because yep. Amana Millstream was the Craft and Microbrewery for ever. Ever yeah. before, you know, like the markets recently opened up and the relaxation of the brewing laws has made it a lot easier for all these companies to spring up. Well, but... they make a, well, we've had it on here. They make a really good Oktoberfest. Uh, yeah. Shield Brow is one that's consistently a medal winner at yep. uh, uh, the Great American Brew Fest. So there was another, um, the Oktoberfest from 
Who makes Easy Eddie again? Oh, yeah, Big Grove. Big Grove. Their Oktoberfest won a medal this year, 2020. Really? For the uh, um, Great American Beer Fest. I mean, you could just go. I mean, the the options are so wide open, you know. And I think picking the spectrum of lager, pilsner, you know, hellas, um, whatever style you want, you can really make the well, range. Yeah. Porter, then, Well, then I thought I would. So I thought I'd go through lagers first. Uh-huh. And, you know, just teaching the difference between a lager and an ale, I think, is going to be fun. Yes. Like, they'll like that knowledge. They're, they seem to be hungry for knowledge. Yeah. So when it's about beer, you know, it'll sink in. Yeah. So, again, it, you know, I'll find a... I like the idea of the gold coin. That that's a very good beer in general. Um, I thought about a prohibition lager, so maybe either Tragedy of Commons or the Dorothy, uh, Dorothy would be good. And then in my mind, it would be a pilsner. I may not find a pilsner, and so I'll substitute something else in there. On the ale side, I do want to go again light to dark. Uh-huh. I'd like to finish with a stout, just because it's an interesting way to finish. But I, I kind of think like a nut brown ale belongs in there. Yeah. That's a pretty popular style. They're going to come across that. I'd like them to know what, it, what it's like. Sure. But then there's so much interesting thing that, things that happen inside of the ale community that I, I haven't decided on that other one. Like we, I could go simply like a wheat, a wheat ale, because yeah. um, it's, it's on the lighter side. It's very common now. On Easy tap. to drink. Easy to drink. Refreshing, clean finish. Yep. Yeah, and that kind of gives them a nice draw across across yeah, the I ale. Yeah, I think I think if you did it like a flight style, you could you know represent. I mean, when it when it's laid out in a flight, the wife and I like to do whenever we go to a brewery, we'll be like, give us one of everything on a flight, and we'll just decide for ourselves. You know, um, there's some great um, stouts and porters around uh, Lake Time and Clear Lake Iowa has a bunch of those. Um, sours is another big it's like probably besides the seltzer move in, in brewing i think sours is like the next uh big, yeah. big niche where yeah, it's, it's to... it, it seems like it's growing sort of way the ipas did maybe eight eight ten years yeah, ago yeah yeah i'm i am not a huge sour guy Ooh, me either man some of those are terrible terrible like yeah. i don't like tara always my wife tara is always like is is the point of this to be like what's the most disgusting shit i can drink and still pretend like i'm so pretentious enough that i can find flavor samplings in it that i like but for me i've discovered a few that i'm like oh i i could actually i can actually yeah. enjoy this yeah I, I have had a couple that aren't terrible it's i not, wish i'd come up names because I, I still am not going to pick that the next time i go out lake time main squeeze from, oh main squeeze i have had yeah, that that's yep. a good one but yep. like you know when it when it provokes my gleek response and I'm yeah. shooting saliva all <laughs> over the table. No thanks. That's yeah. not that's not what I want in a yeah. beer. Yeah, you know I did think I would bring one sort of out of left field, and so in my mind I thought I would try to find a mead. Oh yeah, because it's not really a beer. I don't consider that a beer, but it's a brewed right made and, with uh, honey. Made with honey. Yep. yep, honey based. And there's a bunch of them that are. Um, I would say. Its popularity has just started to grow. There's a meadery not far from here. I wish I could remember the name of it, uh, but there is a meadery in the area. Did you or your kids ever watch The Sweet Life of Zach yeah. and Cody? Oh, my God. We were just talking about that today. <laughs> uh, one of those kids, whose names, again, I don't remember, 
started a meadery in in Brooklyn. Really? Yep. So Brooklyn, he, Iowa, or Brooklyn, no, New York? Brooklyn, New York. Oh. To me, it's just interesting that a guy from Sweet Life, one of the twins from Sweet Life, <laughs> Zach and Cody, started a, bre- a brewery for mead. You know, not for beer. Not, I mean, he's and he's very, very big on making mead sort uh-huh. of a signature thing, yeah. right? So. There's some energy behind it. East Grove Mead is the one that's close. It's in Salem, Iowa. And I think then... there's one in uh, somewhere in maybe it's in Michigan called Shrams, S C H R A M M S, and they they've kind of got like the lock on the mead market in the Midwest. And I uh... well, there's there's two others that I didn't know. This there's Buzzed Bead Meadery in Melbourne, and then oh. in Davenport there's Bootleg Hill huh. Honey Meads. Wow. So I might try to find one of those. I think that would just be fun to to introduce but yeah i you know the other thought i thought of us uh in amana makes me think of this is they have a really good pale ale yeah you know, not an india pale ale but a iowa, pale ale. iowa pale ale yeah tell you something cedar rapids kernels games they have a craft and micro tent yep on the i know side, where that is yep. on the third baseline or no i'm sorry first baseline first base, yep so a quart of iowa pale ale from Amana Brewery is eight fifty. Oh wow! A quart. A quart. Thirty-two ounces of Iowa Pale Ale for eight fifty. I don't know. Most games I go to, Coors Lights are like seven to nine dollars. Right. So to get a quart of good beer, Iowa made good beer for under nine bucks is is awesome. I know there was no Colonel season this year. Yeah. Hopefully next thing. year, but we'll see. But that's that. I love that. I love. That's like the first Iowa craft beer, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, so, yeah. And then good stuff. I, I looked them up while we're talking. They have, they do have a pilsner there, German pilsner. So he, here's something that I didn't know: the original pilsner, you can still buy it. It's called Urquell Pilsner. Yeah, it's a Czech beer. Yeah, I didn't know that. I have a I have a commemorative lunchbox that has six tall boys, and it's like an old school, like. High, elementary school lunchbox and inside of it is six tall boys and they're each like old world like 1800s labels cans and i bought it just because it was cool i'm sure the beer is expired and is probably skunked by now but yeah pilsner or kel good stuff yeah i just i just learned about that and i guess and when you go to czech, the czech republic or whatever it's called now yeah it's still called the something. czech republic it's something. It's, anyway Bohemia. Prague, yeah. <laughs> when you go to Prague, uh, that's pretty much the beer you'll find. Yeah, I mean yeah. it's they have a pretty good lock on it, but yeah, Millstream has Iowa Pale Ale. They have uh, Black Road Stout. They have Windmill Wheat. Schildbrow is one of them, and then I think. they have Schildbrow, which is an amber. Yep. I think they have and one that's, that's Vienna. So that's the Vienna style lager, which Vienna style lager is what turns into sort of in the progression turns into. The original Oktoberfest drink. Right. So. Mertzen. Mertzen. Yep. May, May beer. And then right now, they have a unfiltered German wheat called Hefe R. Weissen, which it's just an unfiltered wheat, I yeah. think. They have a peach Kolsch. I, I like Kolsch's. I think they have like a John's Grocery special commemorative white ale in the wintertime. It's like John's Grocery. I'll have to find it. They have a Chocolade Bach right now, which Ooh. would be interesting. I like Bachs. I believe they have a 12-pack of 
sampler. Like if you go to Hy-Vee, you can get that's a, a good idea. A box up twelve pack Here, that has like three of uh, four different kinds. So I'm anticipating six to eight drinkers. And so in my mind, I thought I would get a six pack of anything I wanted to try uh-huh. with them. I would probably use three of each for each tasting because right. I'm not going to have them slam a hole right. on each. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, so and then I'd leave some interesting beers behind. Right? Yeah. By doing that that way, but I could. You know, it all depends on the sample. Some samplers ship with three beers of each. Right. That I could probably get away with. But if it's only like two of each, that won't work. I think it's four of three. Four it's, of three? That yeah. would probably work. Uh, of No, I think it's three of four. Like you get three beers of four different flavors. Four different flavors. That's what I think it is. Pack. But I think, I think that might work. But yeah, they have a lot of really interesting beers going on here. They have an, a great pumpkin imperial stout, which usually pumpkin and beer uh, don't mix well for me. But Same. I'll try it. They have a, a blitzed uh, Baltic porter, Ooh. which will Ooh. Like 10, tip, 10 typically po- typically available around the holidays, although they're saying probably not going to be available this year. Uh-oh. Yeah, they do a, a raspberry latte stout, which, will be, which is or will be available this year, which is 9%. So, yeah, pretty cool. I mean, that, I did their... Oktoberfest several years ago and it was a lot of fun and actually i went on their bus to the the madison beer festival uh-huh. um I don't know, again several years ago and that was a lot of fun and i drank well i drank their amber i think the entire way there on the way home i just drank water <laughs> <laughs> have you been to the new tasting room there at Mm-mm. the oh man it's like a bavarian beer house oh really cool yeah timber exposed timbers it's i'd like that it's really yeah. gorgeous inside they got really good food uh the wife and i like to go to the amanas occasionally to just kind of pal around and, and mill around and go to the shops and then we end up going there for food and a couple beers it's, well that's really nice yeah i can't wait for covid to get over because that's the kind of stuff we'd like to be doing right? yeah, i mean absolutely that's the kind of things that are interesting so all right, so let's just run through this list real quick and see if I can put together a plan. I think uh, I like the idea. Is is that back pocket a lager or a is gold coin a? I think gold coin is a Hellas, if I'm not mistaken. I'll find out. the The power of the internet. It is a Hellas, which means it is a lager. So I'm thinking that I might do the German Pilsner. Uh, what, one that I forgot to maybe mention was um, a new brewery uh, in Newton, Iowa called Gazellig. Uh, it's an all-female owned and operated brewery. Oh, that's cool. And uh, they actually won gold medal for their beer called Hugzilla, which is a rye double IPA. Uh, but they have 12 styles available on the shelves at Hy-Vee's locally. So, Gazellig. Yeah, yeah. They, have, they have... A couple, two, three uh, golds. They have a silver and a bronze, all in 2020. Hardware. Yeah. Let's see what they have for beers. Hug in the Wild. I've had Hug Deal Gone Side Vice, and I've had the Hugzilla, and uh, I had one called That G Brewery Beer. Like, like kind of a <laughs> like play the, yeah, on, yeah. Their own, on their a own tough name, name because no one knows it. Um, I also had a... Well, let me walk through their menu right now. They have Woke Holidays, which is a red ale. So that would be really malty, probably. 
they say it's it's festive edition of orange peel, holiday spices, and vanilla beans. Probably not for me. Ha, one and done for me, uh, probably. Hugzilla, which yeah. is the IPA. Yeah, that's a good one. All the Goodness, which is a farmhouse uh, ale. It's a Saison, so uh, that would probably be pretty tasty. Hug Deal Gone side, side Weiss. That's a Hefeweizen. Uh, Liquid Hug Mexican Lager, which I happen to really like Mexican lagers. So I think I've heard that one mentioned uh, highly regarded as well. Yep, and that's what they that's what they have on tap right now. So, well, they have probably eight or ten different ones at Hy-Vee in cans, like huh. I'll have to check sixteen that out. ounce, um, like pint cans, like crawlers or whatever, mini crawlers, I guess. All hand labeled, all hand written. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that's when you know you're getting into a smaller operation. That's they've, pretty cool. uh, I've also heard that they've consistently refused um, offers to take a bigger. Oh. Like they're specifically following against the model of what Toppling Goliath did. Like, we don't want to get too big too fast where demand outstrips production capabilities and then we end up shipping down to some swamp water shithole yeah to make our beer and put a label on it and and then i didn't is that what toppling goliath does yeah. now i mean they, well, no, they're, they're about they, stripped there so they uh when pseudo sue exploded exploded they were in the process of building a new multi-barrel capacity brewery but they couldn't meet the. They outmarketed. They outkicked their coverage on marketing, and everybody wanted pseudo Sue, so they couldn't. They couldn't produce, so they sent production down to Cycle Brewery, mm. somewhere down in the swamps of Florida, and they were making pseudo Sue down there using Florida swamp water, and yeah. and they they caught a lot of flack from it, to be honest, because mm. they they came out as we're toppling Goliath. And their their whole modus operandi was we're not going to be too big. We're going to knock down the two big guys, and then they got too big for their own britches, and they had to have some substandard shit to fill the gap. And it yeah, took them, sure. it took them probably two years before they were able to catch up to their own yeah and bring it back sales. to Decora and yeah. everything's back in Decora now. But it was it, they took a lot of heat for it. They got roasted pretty hard over hmm. it. So. What's the brewery? I can't, I'm I'm drawn a blank just over the border in wisconsin uh new glarus new glarus yeah. is another one that doesn't seem to grow very fast like they they, they uh, they're honestly like resistant like yeah. they don't care they said we they, first of all they only distribute in wisconsin you can't get it in illinois iowa minnesota indiana surrounding states they just said we're happy with our production here and if you want it come to wisconsin and get it and Honestly, I respect that model for the integrity, you know, because... It just means I have to drive two hours anytime I want Botted Cow, which yeah, is... Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can go to Dubuque and drive to Van's Liquor Store. Oh, okay. Oh. I heard that the Iowa State Patrol and the Illinois State Police are on both sides watching for potential bootlegging, so... Really? Be careful. What I find interesting is that whole concept of bootlegging, because... You can bring back one case of beer, one one liter bottle of liquor or one bottle of wine isn't that interesting because from out of state into iowa you know if if i'm the guy that's going to new glarus i'm probably going to want to bring three cases back absolutely just, just for myself absolutely this isn't i am not reselling right, this is just right, right. i'm going to put it down in my basement stick a six pack in a week you know that that's kind of yeah. how i would like to do it 
and I would be considered a bootlegger. Yeah, yeah. If but the thing is, is if you're going to New Glarus to the brewery and buying the stuff from them, the cops aren't there waiting. They're waiting at the liquor store that's like 200 yards across the border. They're watching for Iowa license plates to pull in, and then somebody roll out of the store with a pallet truck with like, you know, yeah. a liquor cart worth of shit to fill up their trunk, and then that and that's when they swoop. But, you know. It's too bad. It seems to me like that's a law that doesn't understand the constituency. Right. Iowa Iowa liquor laws are, a lot of them, unfortunately, are still based in prohibition. Hmm. Like, it's, it, the, the recent explosion in craft and microbreweries is because Chet Culver, you know, eight or ten years ago, signed some laws that basically ease the restrictions. Places like Cedar Ridge. They're making great wines. They're making great Spirits. bourbons, yeah. whiskey. They could not sell their own product or even offer it for tasting in their yeah, in their tasting brick room. and mortar establishment because of the pr- prohibition laws that were still existing. And thankfully, those have been turned around. And now you can taste on premises. You can buy liquor on premises there. I know. I, I happen to know. Uh, Jeff Quint, the owner of Cedar yeah. Ridge, he was working on getting it so he could also serve beer there. I don't think he has yet, but yeah, you know, he he that venue for those who don't know the Cedar Ridge Brewer, uh, Cedar Ridge Winery. It's a beautiful it is. facility. It's an awesome place to go. You can do weddings and things there. They have a little uh, sort of finger food area. You know, you can sit down with friends and chat or sit outside around the fire amazing sunday brunch yep good sunday brunch they you have can a little actually go um harvest grapes in the fall yep. three, three bucks a basket yep one of the first years before he built any of his buildings i actually helped do that uh they i i had a anyway it's it's a fun story just yeah. in general how they've grown and yeah and increased but you know he he's like i get people out here all the time that don't drink wine or spirits they just want a beer and i can't serve them Right, like it is a gap, and it seems to be an unreasonable gap. It is ridiculous. Just... In, in general, I believe that the way the United States handles alcohol is silly compared to how Europeans do it. Sure, they have a much lower issue, smaller issue with binge drinking in Europe than we have here. It's because we treat it as if it's a you know it's a tempting fruit that right. has to be you know protected and yep yeah yep. absolutely yeah yep. so... prohibition never prohibition never solved anything. Ever. Oh. It just created a uh, black market. Yeah, it cre- created a criminal enterprise that Absolutely. still exists today. Absolutely. Just dealing in different things. So, yeah, okay. So, we have a little bit of a list here. I think I can put it together. I'm definitely going to try to find something from probably each of these breweries to try. Um, you know, what's the one that you like that's downtown by kind of by the old cop shop? Oh, Thu Brewing. Thu. Thu. It means vitality in Nordic. T-H-E-W. My wife and I had our wedding reception there. Uh, they make a, a pretty amazing line of beers. My favorite personally from there is called Olden in the Way. It's a double IPA. The master brewer of Thu is, I believe it is the owner's brother. And he was the brewmaster at Toppling Goliath. Oh, and he was forced to sign a no compete clause that was two years, and you can't open within two hundred miles or whatever, whatever, whatever. Pretty crazy story. 
once they tried to open Thew Brewing, Toppling Goliath tried to sue them and stated this, um, you know, no compete clause. And literally the, the distance between the breweries was like four miles. It was like a negligible distance. The amount of time that he had been separated from Toppling Goliath was also negligible. But Toppling Goliath proceeded with this lawsuit. And the cool thing is every brewery in the state of Iowa contributed a keg of beer to a legal defense fund that was held at Need Pizza in downtown Cedar Rapids. That's awesome. Like a hundred breweries said, here's a free keg sell it for whatever price you want all the money you make give it to him for his law fund and then within two weeks toppling goliath was like oh sorry it's cool we're okay now. <laughs> yeah like, we don't want to piss off the entire community you're supposed to be toppling goliath but you're being a dick and you're yeah. being goliath and you, then, what you're being is metallica yeah yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> and everyone came and, and just smashed on him and the outpouring was so amazing because Literally within a couple of weeks, Toppling Goliath was like, yeah, we, we settled. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. Well, so I'm under a non-compete right now. Yeah. So I've learned a little bit about them. And one of the things, and my daughter reinforced this because she's kind of pre-law, but they're really hard to enforce. And there's three or four tests that you have to go through to sure. enforce one. One is, um, is it reasonable? One, one is, do you have clean hands? I Meaning, are you, are you just trying to be a dirtbag? Uh-huh. Are you preventing me from making a living wage? Which, in the case of a brewmaster, that would almost always be the case. Right. If you're under non-compete, you can't make a living because right. your skill set is not being able to put to use. So no court would uphold that right. anyway. But that's it. it's interesting to see those things play out that way. And and I love it when sort of the common man wins against Absolutely. The, yeah. I love hyper-local. And, I mean, Toppling Goliath is kind of local, but they kind of like repeatedly got too big for their britches and acted like they were the exact opposite of what they portrayed themselves as. And I take it with a grain of salt. They make some good beers, but I'm not... Well, I tell you what, I I will uh, I will grimace as I crack another Toppling Goliath in the future. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, they're good, but, you know, it's like poison fruit, poison mm-hmm. apple. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Oh, that's very cool. Hyper-local is where it's at. You know, with the resurgence... Or not the resurgence, but the explosion of the craft and micro segment. I think Iowa breweries went from four or five breweries to 120 plus within less than a decade. So you go, and that's not just Iowa. Iowa is a microcosm for the whole thing. Talking nationally, there's probably 3,000 new breweries in the last two decades. Where do you start? I'm saying hyper-local. In your hometown, in our hometown, Cedar Rapids, Iowa, there's five breweries at least. Yep. You know, you can go and you can explore and you can like get familiar and you can have gold medal winning stuff. You know, yeah, for sure. Lion Bridge, let's not forget about them. I love Lion Bridge beer. They've, actually, they've got a few. They make a great Kolsch. If you like Kolsch's, they don't always make it. It's a some. It's something you get in the summer there, yeah. but it's unbelievably good. Yeah, they won medals with Gazprom. They won medals with Workman's Comp. Yeah, they've Workman's Comp is pretty good. I really love their... Um, they've got, like, in the wintertime, they do, like, I don't know, because of COVID, but previous years they've done Friday Barrel Age release where they've got a barrel of Something. Octobot that they aged in wild turkey barrels from 2010. And they just, like, 
they got one little one little barrel and they release that and like if you're not there when they crack it and it's gone you missed, you missed out. out you can't get a crowler you can't get a growler you just got to get it and you got to get it and it's like every friday they do a different one it's, you, you know it's pretty cool also really good about them is they they have pretty good food there they do and they but, but they did nachos those are awesome you can get brisket tacos there yeah. that are very good they used to have parm fries that yeah. were unbelievable yeah. for some reason they they cut i mean it was parmesan on fresh cut fries with yeah. bacon yeah. unbelievable but they cut that out of their menu i don't know why i always give them hell every time i'm there about it it's making me hungry yeah yeah no that's good okay so speaking of food one other question that needs to be answered for this is i thought about bringing some finger foods sure maybe a charcuterie board or something to yeah. this thing yeah any suggestions on what i should pair with you know a beer tasting i mean i think you can't go wrong with the charcuterie style stuff, some summer sausage, some copa, some prosciutto, like some different cheeses. Yeah, like m- mild middling cheeses, you know, white cheddar, um, just stuff for palate cleansers. Grapes. Maybe some berries. Yeah, yeah some grapes, grapes or berries, berries, apples, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think that's what I'll do. And, you know, we'll eat first before we do any of this. Yeah. And so I'm going to try to convince Quinn not to get anything like too spicy or something sure. that's going to destroy his palate because yeah. it'll be, yeah. uh, which he's pretty good about. I mean, he, he he's very excited about this whole event. You know, he's just kind of leaving it in my hands, but um, he'll be, I think he'll really enjoy it. And, you know, you know, just sort of like to wrap this thing up because believe it or not, we've gone an hour just on this subject. So we'll, we'll probably pause and decide whether we want to do the other one. But, you, you know, when you're youngest or your oldest, I guess I should say, um, your first child, your baby, when he turns 21, this is a once in a lifetime thing. Right. And, uh, you know, as a parent, I want to be part of it just because I like being with my kids. I don't want it to be necessarily like mine where I didn't have any family involved in mine. I have a special bond with his, his friend group as well. So this gives me an opportunity to impart a little bit of my nerd uh, my nerdiness, my geekdom of beer onto these guys and do it in a responsible way. Yeah. Give them an opportunity to learn the the sort of the joys of, of beer without having to be uh, stupid about it. But also it gives him a memory about his 21st birthday and I'm squarely in the middle of it. And I think that's a very cool thing and that's yeah. what I want to do. And honestly, I don't know if Izzy would ever allow me to do this for her. Uh, she's like I said, she's a very different child than right. my son, but I would love to do something similar with her and her friends in a year. Well, in a year and a half, to be fair. Um, so anyway, I, I just think it's a really cool thing to do. Um, I, I'm totally geeked out about getting to do this thing. So, you know, Chad, I'm going to have to go down to probably Ben's and, and, yeah. and do a, a buy this week. So if you're free and you want to join, absolutely, uh, that would be a fun thing we could do. We're going to have to mask up. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So do you have any final thoughts? Um, I, I think it's a great idea. Um, as far as Saturday, I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and, try and get out so maybe I can uh, be in attendance. All right. Sounds good. Yeah. Well, thanks for thanks for joining in today for our well. We had a, a very unusual show. Uh, we spent more time talking about current events, and we dove into a topic that I, I would say most people would have been surprised to hear. But I hope you had fun listening. And as always, please find us on all our socials. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Redefining the Geek. You can email us comments, criticisms. You can email, email us love and ideas, whatever you got at Redefining the Geek, all one word at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Peace out. Goodbye, dear.